the Jewish people's biggest and uh, most direct enemy is generally looked at as being Amalek. Uh, Haman is quite a uh, strong representative of, of this, and he really is, uh, I guess you could say, like an official arch enemy of the Jewish people. The story that Megillus Esther revolves around is one that has a certain element to it that is very, very unique. V'nahapachu, the idea that everything was topsy-turvy, everything was upside down, that what Haman tried to do ended up totally snapping back on him, is frankly something that's funny. It is funny, and it makes a lot of the different elements of the story of Purim funny. Humor is generally, the, the, if you had to, uh, very, in a very unhumorous way, describe what humor is, it's the person who is all dressed up and ready to walk into a chasna who, you know, falls into a pit of mud. That it's, it's when you're expecting A, B, C, and then all of a sudden Z happens. That is what is, I mean, I guess on a very basic slapsticky type of stuff, but that's, that's humor. And the idea that Haman has all of these well-laid plans so he's, he is the, you know, he's Wiley Coyote, who's like, you know, has all these things set up, and then the dynamite goes off in his face. That, that, that is the story of Haman, story of Purim. It makes us laugh. It fits the theme of the day, which is, you know, we make it a, a lot about laughter and simcha, etc. But why is that specifically the vehicle of the salvation over here. Why, why is it that the way this whole thing works is with that form of v'nahapachu humor? It's not, we, we've won, we've overcome many enemies. And those other forms of destruction that, that, we're, that we were facing, that we got out of humor, that kind of thing, the mockery part of things, was not so much, was not built into it almost at all. And yet we find that specifically over here, when it comes to Haman, and there was nothing too funny about like the way he started up with us. Like over here, this is the vehicle of how everything went down on our behalf. Mockery factors into the way this, uh, the, the, the way this story goes down also, in that we have Haman making, like kind of trying to like, not just destroy the Jews, but he's very interested in bringing them down. He needs everybody to bow down to him. So yeah, it's a thing that Haman wants people to bow down to him, that, that kind of fits his personality. But the interest that he has in making the Jews and all the Jews, even Mordechai, they need to bow down to him. The idea that Ahasuerus goes and during the Suda he wears the big day kahuna, that he has to use the kalim of the Beis Hamikdash. 
the idea that, that he needs to degrade and that there needs to be a degradation, not just, it's, you know, if you want to kill someone, just kill them. But the idea that, no, 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 first I'm going to degrade them and then I'm going to kill them, that is, again, it's something that is, uh, it, I'm, it's not necessarily super unique. I mean, we've had this stuff happen to us in the past, but the idea that this is, again, it's a feature that's brought out to us, that this is something that, Haman was trying, Haman Achashverosh, that in what was going wrong for us, that was part of the picture, seems to be unique. Uh, Haman is described as a person who uses Lishna Bisha, he uses bad, um, bad words or, or uh, talks nastily about us. He describes us as a nation that's, uh, that's scattered and, and uh, separated from each other. Th- there's all of this negative talk, <coughs> negative trying to put us down, that takes place on a part of Haman. And flip side, we find the way Chazal describes what goes on between Mordechai and Haman, that Mordechai is not just a person who is uh, not participating, he's not you know, this Gandhi-like figure who's just like sitting there and not bowing down, but just like quietly keeping to himself, that at every moment that he is engaged with Haman, he is he ripping him down. And he's telling him, like, oh, aren't you the barber? Aren't you this? Like, in, in all of these different ways where he is trying to rip and bring down and mock Haman. And, you know, this, the, the, it's, it's funny and it plays into the whole humor part of things. But why, again, is this a feature of this specific dynamic between Amalek, Jewish people, Haman, Mordechai, what is going on over here? Uh, there, there's a, there is a pasuk in, in Pasha's Balak that describes Amalek. And so Bilam, at the end of his, uh, his, his giving brachos to the Jewish people, so then it says, Vayisa Meshala Vayomar, so he, he, he just decides to you know, give forth on all of the different nations that are around at the time. And he describes that Rishas Goyim Amalek, that the first of the nations are Amalek, Acharisa Ade Ovid. And his, the Acharisa, like his end, is utter destruction. So the description that he gives of Amalek is that, number one, there's something about them that's racist, there's something about them that's first. And then he describes how, in the end, there's utter destruction for them. Total destruction. What's, what is this dis- description? And the, the, the basic shot is, all other nations of the world, when Mashiach comes, and we have the next phase of human history, it's not that all of the nations of the world, all of the non-Jews, you know, dis- are destroyed and they go up in smoke. It's that everybody gets to recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And then you have the Jewish people and the way they serve Hashem. You have the non-Jewish people and the way they're going to serve Hashem. But it becomes that the whole world has a tikkun. The whole world gets fixed. The whole world is set right with a recognition of Hashem. Everybody, every people having a different way and a different angle of service of Hashem. Amalek is left out of that. Acharisa Ade Ovid means that in the end, Amalek gets 
absolute and total destruction. They are the not fixed, not fixed, not fixable nation, and they end up getting destroyed. That's Acheriso Adeovid. Why? It's because they were the Rashis Goyim. They were the first of the nations. What does it mean that they were the first of the nations? Jewish people come out of Mitzrayim. And we are looking like we are on top of the world. And who shows up? And, and, you know, and Amalek comes and they fight with the Jewish people. They lose. But they end up fighting with the Jewish people. And because they start up with us, because they do that, it seems like Bilaam is saying, because Rashis Goyim Amalek, because the first of the nations that start up with the Jewish people was Amalek, Therefore, Acheriso Adeyovi. Therefore, they are a nation that has no future. They are going to be utterly destroyed as opposed to every other nation. They can't last. They're not fixable. Why is this? What is the nature of Amalek? What does it mean that it's because they went first, because they attacked us first? Other nations ended up fighting with us, attacking us. I mean, they were not... They were not the first, they were not, they were the first, but they were not the last to come and make trouble for us. And somehow they are a nation that has no hope, no future. They, they're, they're going to be totally lost, go up in smoke when it comes the, the end of time, when it comes time for, for Mashiach times. So Chazal describe Amalek another way. Amalek is described, there's a, there's a contrast that's brought out in Chazal between the end of, the story of Amalek is the end of Parshas B'Shalach. And that is followed up immediately by Yisra. And Chazal say, look at this contrast over here. You have a nation that goes out of Mitzrayim, has the Makos, Kriyas Yamsuf, etc. And look at the reaction of two people or two groups. You have Amalek. How does Amalek react? Jewish people come out. They say, these people look way too holy, way too hot. We're going to have to start up with them. We'll attack them. Rashi describes how there's this boiling hot bathtub and somebody jumps in, burns themselves. But the whole point is that they've brought the temperature of the bathtub down now other people will be more willing to start up with the Jewish people. So they jump in knowing that they're going to lose. But they go fight with the Jewish people in order to show that like, okay, they're still, they're just people. Like they're just, they're just human beings like everybody else. Everybody calm down. The Jewish people aren't so, aren't, aren't, aren't all that. That's Amalek's reaction. What's Yisro's reaction? Yisro goes and says like, wow, look at that experience that they had in Mitzrayim and the Yamsuf. I need to join them. So you have an event that happens. It's let's taka upesiyarim. That you have the let's, you have the person who is described as a let's lamit sadi, that that person ends up getting hit. That's referring to Amalek, says the Medrash. Pesiyarim, the wise person gets wiser. That's referring to Yisro. That he sees all this that happens and he decides, okay, I'm going to go join this. I'm going to get smart. I'm going to come and, and, and become part of this. So we have a description of Amalek and his being racist, his being first, as describing him as somebody who is a let's, somebody who is 
somebody who does mockery, so, uh, who, who has to, feels the need to bring down the Jewish people. Just, they seem to be riding high, they seem to have all of this chashiva surrounding them, all this importance surrounding them, and uh, Malik needs to come and say, no, 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 these are just regular people. I could, you know, anybody could start up with them, I'll start up with them first. Leitzanus, this midah, that is, that is generally, I guess, translated as mockery, is a midah, and it's, it's something that you're, one is not allowed to do, unless they are mocking something that's like avodah it says, let's say, nusa d'avodah mocking some form of avodah mocking something that's evil, that is allowed, but otherwise, mockery is looked at as being a very, very bad Mida, uh, the Chazal tell us that one of the, that there are types of people that don't end up going to Olam Haba. One of them are people who are scoffers, people who mock important things. What what is this Mida all about? Why is it such a horrible thing? And how are we going to understand Amalek based on this? So there is a uh, there, there's a pasuk in Mishlei that says that. The way that, that if you want to understand, uh, or if you want to get a sense of what uh, silver is, so you take it to a metzarif. You take kesef to a metzarif, to a silversmith, and he will boil it down, and he will get you the real essence of the silver. And the same thing happens with gold. And then it says ve'ish, and a person. If you want to know the essential essence of a person, it's lefima halalo. It is based on his praise. So the simple pshat in the pasuk is that if you want to know the essence of a person, go call around about the person, and you find out what wonderful things are said about this person. So some people will you'll hear, oh, this person's very generous, and some people you hear this person's very wise. So if you want to know the essence of a person. So go find out how people praise them, and then you'll know what the person is all about. That is the Pashat Pshat in the Pasuk. Rabbeinu Yonah says something different. And he says, do you know what Ishlafi Mahalalo means? It doesn't mean a person based on how others praise them. It means if you want to know the essence of a person, see what that person praises. See what the person himself says about things you will straight up from there be able to understand what that person's value system is. And Refutner gives a very, very powerful marshal. He says you can have a person who sits and learns Torah all day, sits and learns Torah all day and all night. But when it comes down to it and someone, big Talmud Chacham, comes to the city, they stay put and they just continue doing their thing. But if a very wealthy person shows up, all of a sudden they make time for that person. So what that shows you is that the thing that the person truly values is wealth or money. You could have another person who works all day, who is busy with life. They don't you know, have time to learn more than you know, 45 minutes an hour a day. But anytime a Tamar Chacham comes to the city, they go and they run after them and try to make an appointment and meet with them. So then you see that that's a person who values Torah. 
And he says, so if you want to know which person is more chashuv, it's ishlafi mahalalo. What is the person praising? What is it that they value? And the person who, yeah, doesn't have a lot of time to learn, but goes and really values and praises and thinks and gives, grants chashivas, grants importance to a Torah scholar, that person's value system is better than the guy who's sitting and learning all day. Because the guy who's sitting and learning all day, all we see about him is that the thing that he ends up valuing is, you know, who's the guy with the money? I'm going to go run after that guy. And it's a, it's a very startling, um, a stark way of pointing this out. But if you want to know what is the essence or what, what lies at the core of a person's values, go and check out what it is that they praise and not just in a lip service type of way, but really what they, what, what they are machshiv, what they are willing to sacrifice for, what a person is willing to give out for. And that Rabbeinu Yonah says is what this Pasuk is telling us is you can really tell uh, what a person is all about, not so much based on what they do. A lot of people just kind of fall into what they do. But it's what they praise, what a person gives out praise about. That is how we are really able to define somebody's sense of things, and therefore it defines them themselves. There's another type of person, because we have a person who can praise things that are good. We have a person who could kind of praise things that are not so good, and therefore have you know, a, a, a skewed value system. There's a third type of person, and that is a person who cannot stand anything being chashuv. They can't praise anything that's not themselves. They can't praise anything that they don't have. That person, the person who needs to poke a hole in everything and in everyone, that person is the let's. This is the person who, you know, when somebody is up and giving a speech and it's powerful and everybody's getting moved and somebody's going to point out like, Look, you see that stain on his, uh, on his tie? Or you see that the button, his button, you know, he didn't button his button, his shirt, right? Like, that person, what are they doing? Is they're just trying to pop a hole in that balloon that's full of chashivos and it's big and it's getting bigger and bigger and everybody's being machshif, everybody is giving, is thinking that this thing is of value. That person needs to pop a hole in it. They need to make sure that there is nothing chashiv and they have to make sure that though that, that there is nothing chashuv, there's nothing important and of value other than themselves. And Chazal tell us that this type of behavior, a person who feels the need to behave in such a way, such a person is, in a sense, hopeless. Chazal tell us, Leitzanus achas docha mea tochachos. One Statement of mockery can push away a hundred words of Musr. Because that's all you need. Is you're giving a lesson. The whole, everybody's listening, everybody's tuned in. And all you need is one person to just point out, oh, you mispronounced something. Oh, he said that in a funny way. And it just, everybody like kind of giggles. And all of the intensity that was in there is just totally deflated. What is that person doing? They are making it that themsel- the others and themselves cannot 
ever absorb anything from anyone because nothing and no one is chashuv. Nobody has anything. The Pasuk says, don't ever give Musr to a Letz because it's just not going to go anywhere. They're not people who can be fixed because if, if you have a person whose values are wrong, you have somebody who's, instead of valuing Torah, morality, ideals, they value money, things like that. A person like that, they understand that there are things that are value, and you can help the person understand, listen, these things are fleeting, these things are eternal, and you can help the person come around to switching their value system, to adjusting their value system, to value things that are real, and value things that are of true importance. Someone who cannot value anything, someone whose value system is me, 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 and that there's nothing else in the world that is of any chashivas, that is of any importance, that they are going to rip down anything that is coming from the outside towards them, such a person, how do you ever fix such a person? How does a person ever get affected by anything? So the power of late sonus, the, the reason that this midah is looked at as such a, a horrible midah is because the person is really damaging and destroying their own capacity for growth. How could you ever grow? How could you ever change if you're never ever willing to look at something from the outside and say, oh, this is important? If you're never ever willing to look at something that's not you or that you don't have and say, this is something that I'm going to attribute and grant value to. So the idea of being a let's, the idea that somebody has this mida is something that is super destructive and it is something that really totally prevents a person from ever being able to change. The idea that, that there is actually a heter, and it, the Chazal described this, that, that a person is allowed to mock things that are evil, now makes a lot of sense because Mockery is basically ripping down some foreign value system. So if goodness is your foreign value system, well, good luck ever becoming good. But if there's something that is objectively evil, and then you mock that, and then you bring that down, that is something that is 100% mutter, because it is mockery, but it's mockery in a way where you're really propping up a true value system. So it's, it's a, you know, I'm going to rip down this evil system. So, you know, if you take it out of the realm of, uh, of Ruchnius, right? So, so somebody who is mocking, let's say, socialism is not somebody who's like, oh, you're a mocker, you don't believe anything's chashiv, you don't, no. It's that I believe so much in the system that I live in and that I, and that I value that I'm, by ripping down this other system, I'm really propping up my system. But if a person is just someone who mocks everything and anything, then that person is going to end up desolate. There's going to be nothing that they have as being part of their soul that, that's going to be able to fix them, and such a person is lost. When we think about a Amalek and what they did, Jewish people coming out of Mitzrayim, in Az Yashir, we have a description of the whole world Canaan, everybody that mattered at the time, quaking in 
their boots because of the Jewish people. They're scared. They're scared. Here is a people who is the people of, apparently, the all-powerful God who just brought Mitzrayim down and destroyed them and brought them to their knees. And this people were, they looked like that they were going to just have a clean march straight wherever they wanted to go. No one was going to start up with them. Everyone was just going to get out of their way. These are the Jewish people. And if they have some sort of value system, for all we know, everybody would have jumped on board. Comes Amalek. And again, the description that Chazal give us are of a nation, a, a, a small nation, who decide that they are going to attack the Jewish people, and with the mushal again being that there is this hot bathtub that nobody wants to go near, and there's one person who goes and says, I'm going to jump into this, I'm going to get burned. They, they, they don't think to themselves, I'll be fine. I'm going to get burned, but in doing so, I'll lower the temperature of it. That's the role, that was the point of Amalek's attack on the Jewish people. There were these people, they were just too hot to handle. Well, I'll go, I'll get, destro- I'll get beaten by them. They knew that they were walking into a defeat. But hey, it's worth it, because once I start up with them, then everyone else is willing to mess with them. Yeah? What's in that for them? What's in that for What do you mean? If, if they know they're going to, people, people they will get killed. What? Why would they do it? Yeah. Because they want, their, their mission was to make sure that nobody is machshiv, that nobody gives chashivas to the Jewish people or Hashem. When we talk about being an arch enemy of the Jewish people, or the, what the role of Amalek is, and why we have this, we have this like hang up with Amalek. I mean, who are they already? They're, they're like they, 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 they aren't and they weren't anyone. They were just like this little subnation of Asaph. They, 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 they never had like, you know, you don't hear about like the, the big kingdoms of Amalek. They weren't. They, they are the spiritual arch enemy of the Jewish people. And it's because of this midah that they have, of that they are the lets. They are this nation that they have nothing other than making sure that we are nothing. All they want is that people not think of us as being so great that people not be machshiv, hakadosh baruch hu. So therefore, their whole mission was racist goyim amali. Let's be. We're just the first. We're just. We're going to be the ones that start up initially, and that way, guess what? Everyone else will be okay starting up with the Jewish people. What are we going to get out of it? All we're going to get out of it is that that no one's going to think so great of them. Now, you say like, well, that sounds like a crazy thing. You know what? You're, you're in a class, you look around, there is always that guy. There, there is always that person who just feels the need that any time there's something that everybody's like getting into a certain value or a certain way of like thinking about things, no, 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 they have to bring it down. Why? What, what is their investment in that? Their investment is, is that, and a lot of times it's that, I'm not interested in hearing, right? A lot of, the, the way, the way Leitonus would work in our lives would be that somebody's telling you something that's penetrating it's hard. You don't want to hear about it. You don't want to deal with it. It's going to make you have to adjust things in your life. Easiest thing to do is find some way to like kind of poke a little hole in it, mock it, say that, oh, the messenger of that, well, you know, 
well, you know, if, uh, that guy, well, you know, we know what he does, or if I had that much money, I'd also think that way. Or if, and then you find some way to make it that, like, okay, this is just, like, it's not so chashuv, it's not so important, and that is how we undermine messages. Amalek is all about the undermining of the message of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Kiyar al-Kais Hashem ba-Amalek. Amalek's mission was to make war against Hashem. That, that's how they're described. That's who they are. They are just trying to cover up HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world. And therefore, the result is, V'acharisa ade Oved. Because this is the nature of who they are, that they are the nation that just needs to poke a hole in the Jewish people's chashivas. They need to poke a hole in the importance of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and in the role of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world. Well, guess what? Is there any hope for them when Mashiach comes? Is there any way for them to have a tikkun? Every other nation is going to be able to say, oh, there's HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Therefore, you know, okay, our value system was off. We were being mahalel. We were praising the wrong thing. Let's adjust our praise to here. But when you have a nation that their whole ideal, their whole mission is that there is nothing chashuv, then there's nothing for them to process. They just, it's not that they have a thing that they are mahalal, that they have a thing that they praise. They have nothing that they praise. Nothing is praiseworthy. Everything is, everything is just this cynical view that nothing is of importance, nothing is real, nothing is, has, has any real value to it. And such a person, when, we come, when it comes around to a world in which there is an ultimate value of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they don't fit, they don't belong, and therefore, and therefore, they end up being lost. So, the, the, the idea that we have an arch enemy, that is Amalek, is actually perfectly sensible. We are a people that our whole mission, our whole existence, is to show the chashivas of Hashem. We are the people that are supposed to make kiddush Hashem, sanctify the name of Hashem with everything that we do, with the way we act, with the way we behave, with our lives. How is it that we are mekadashim shemayim? It's because since we are the agents of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world, the way we live our lives is able to bring chashivas to Him. You have a people their whole point of their existence is to say that there is nothing chashuv in the world. There is nothing of importance in this world. The only thing that is important is me, 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 me. And that's it. If it doesn't do anything for me, it's not worth anything. There is no ideal. There is no, there's, there's nothing like that. We and Amalek, we are opposites. I mean, you're basically describing <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Um, so, so, therefore, when we, when we, so we take that big war, Amalek versus the Jewish people. And then we have this story, a story of Haman, a story of Mordechai, a story of the Jewish people and Amalek. And how does it go down? So we have Haman, again, using his Lishna Bisha, using his negative descriptions of everything about the Jewish people taking the Ahasuerus taking the big day kahuna taking the kalim of the Beis HaMikdash and just using there's nothing chashuv here this stuff isn't important there's nothing special about this look I'm making a party I'll use it too I'll wear this stuff I'll wear these garments there's nothing 
holy. There's nothing special. There's nothing sublime about anything about any, uh, uh, having to do with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And Mordechai combats that with his own form of mockery. The, the, the use of Leitzonus, the use of mockery to break down the chashivas of something, to break down the importance of something, is a tool that can be used in a positive way. So, uh, the, like, growing up in New York, you don't realize how strange some things are, but there was a guy that lived at the end of my block, and we, we don't know, like, nobody knew his name, but he was always just known as the Heil Hitler guy. Because every time a Jew would walk past him, he would click his heels together and stick up his hand. And he, he would, basically from morning till night, he would stand outside. He was about 6'3". Um, so nobody did anything to him. But he, that, that was his... And it was, it was just part of growing... Uh, seriously, it was like... I never even realized how weird it was until I told this story to someone. And they were like, what? You had a... I'm like, yeah, he was just the Heil Hitler guy. I don't know. Like, that's what we called him. Like, nobody knew his name. Nobody knew where he was from. Nope. He was just like this big guy. And nobody started with him. Once in a while, it's interesting, once in a while when we'd be walking by, um, so, so there's like a, you know, a large Hispanic community around, people would get, up, like the Hispanics would like see what happened, they'd, they'd get upset and they'd start yelling at him. But he, he was a strange guy and he just like, he had this very stoic look on his face, he would not move, do anything, and that was it. So there was one time we were, I, I was in high school, I was like 11th grade or something, and so I used to walk home with, uh, so, so, most, most of the guys in my class lived closer to school, but me and another guy, we used to walk past him every day. And, um, and so I was walking with my friend and he's like, and it's just day after day after day, it's the same thing. We, it was literally like we didn't notice it. So one day my, and, and so this friend of mine, he's like, he's a little bit of a, of a crazy guy, but he says to me, he goes, watch this. So we're walking by and the guy, and there are a lot of people around on the street, and the guy clicks his heels together, puts up his hand, and my friend, you know, just is walking by, and he jumps up and gives him a high five. And then, and then, all of a sudden, there's like this peel, like this is a 181st Street in, in New York, and it's a lot of cars and trucks, and, and all of a sudden, you hear like this humongous peal of laughter coming from like all around, that like, everybody, like the, the guys in the food store across the street, everybody's just laughing. It was like the most bizarre scene. Here's this guy doing Heil Hitler thing, and then there's this Jewish kid with a yarmulke and tzitzis giving him a high five while he's doing it. So that was funny. So we, so we thought like, okay, this is awesome, right? Next day, again, guys, you know, we start walking by, guy clicks his heels together, puts up, puts up his hand, and my friend Yaakov, he goes, jumps up, gives him a high five again. Right, again, big laugh. Third day. So then the guy sees us. <laughs> he has to do his thing. So he tries to like angle himself to the side. And my friend goes around, jumps up and gives him the high five. Right, day four, no more. We come by, he like sees us, hands down. Mocking something has a tremendous power that all of a sudden the hashivas of his Heil Hitler, right, became destroyed. We can destroy something with mockery as well. So mockery often, too often, is used as a way of bringing down something of tremendous value, 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In Lahavdil, mockery can be used to bring down things that are of opposite, of no value. When Leitzanus is done right, when this mockery is used correctly, it is able to show the emptiness of emptiness. The way Mordechai goes about his business in dealing with Haman, Haman the ultimate scoffer, mocker, that's what he does, is Mordechai is not having any of this. And he's going to go and refer to Haman as the barber. He's going to remind him of his past. He's going to step on him when it's time to get up on the horse. He's going to say, you know what, I'm so weak, Haman. Do you mind bending over so that I can step on you? As he's stepping on top of him, he's going to kick him. He's going to do everything in order to just bring that back in his face as a way of fighting fire with fire, fighting mockery with mockery. And what ultimately happens is a venahapachu, where the whole thing of Haman's, everything that he's building, and what he's building is a way of just creating no chashivas in this world. The Jewish, by destroying the Jewish people, you are destroying every human vestige of the chashivas of Hashem from this world. That's what Haman is all about. And what ends up happening is that the exact opposite happens. Through everything that Haman tries to do of erasing Hashem, of denying Hashem, of showing that there is no Hashem, just the opposite happens. Every single thing that he did actually brought about the vision of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the appearance of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the reality of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, all became pronounced as a result of that. And that, using mockery to fight the mocker, that is the ultimate way that we win something like this. The Jewish people, when Amalek initially attacks, so Chazal asks, why was it that this happened? So it says that, the, that it happens in a place called Rafidim. In a, it, why? Because Sharafu Yodehem Min HaTorah. Because at that time, the Jewish people loosened their hands from Torah. It doesn't mean that they weren't learning. It doesn't mean that they weren't involved or following or doing mitzvahs. It's that their hold on it, their chashivas for it, the way that they... Did, you, did they have it front and center in their lives of like, this is the focus of everything that my life is about? It was something that they just became a little bit lax about. It didn't have that importance to them. That's when a Amalek comes and attacks. It's when we don't attribute the chashivas that we need to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to Torah, then a Amalek comes and says, oh, look at that. This is his entry point in order to really bring us down and to pop that chashivas balloon that we have I don't know use balloon as a whatever, but like uh, that, that we have floating um, over this world. So when we are, when we are machshiv, when we give chashivas, when we grant importance to the right things, that's when we are doing what we're supposed to do, and that's what allows us to be overcoming Haman, the likes of Haman. And that really brings us to a question that we all have to answer, and this is kind of gets to the crux of a Parsha Zachar, of a Purim, as far as what our internal avoda is. What are we supposed to be working on internally? And that is, what are we machshev? What is it in life that we really and truly grant importance to? What are those things when that, that, that we are willing to drop everything for and say, no, 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 this is 
the thing that I live my life for. This is the thing that I hold near and dear. This is the thing that I consider to be the most important. What are those things that we build up? What are the things that we rip down? What are we mahalal? What do we praise? It's in, in, in a small way. A lot of times we can be confronted with things and, and without getting into the, our, our, the world that we're surrounded in is certainly a world that mocks everything of value. If a person has values, if a person has religion, they're automatically going to be mocked. That is going to be something that is just looked down upon. Uh, 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 what are you doing? Close-minded. And there are ways that we are labeled and, and pigeonholed into, into certain defi- in, into ways that others will define us. So... That, that, that mockery is out there in our world and it's something that we are combating is real and true. But just in our own lives, if we ignore the outside world, when we are confronted at times with things that maybe are above us, that make us feel that maybe we're not as good as something else, what do we do? Is it something that we say to ourselves, wow, I never thought of something that way. I hear a story about a gadol. I hear a story about uh, a special person who does this form of chesed, who davens like this, who has this, you know, uh, engages in mitzvahs in a certain way. There are two ways that people deal with that. One is that a person says, wow, I'm not holding there. That's not where I'm up to. That's not where, where, where I'm at in my life. But it's something that I look up to, and I hope to be able to one day build myself up to that. There's another way that people react to that, and that's they say that like, that is crazy, that's over the top, that's too much, that, uh, you know, they're only doing that because they have this, that, and the other thing going for them, or they're trying to start a cult, or you know, whatever it is, however it is that, but what we're really doing there is we're feeling internally, maybe not, first of all, basically we're feeling bad about ourselves. And the way that we deal with it is by, is by trying to poke a hole in that hush of thing. And if we could, I, I could either bring myself up to it or I could bring it down to me. And when we choose to bring things down, what we're really doing is we're doing a very light form, but it's still a form of litzanus where we are taking something, we're mocking it, and we're trying to say that like, no, that's not chashuv. That's not something that is of value. Something that is, maybe it's not where I'm at, and that's okay. But I'm not willing to see something as being more elevated and higher. And part of the idea of of what we're supposed to work on ourselves in Purim is we're supposed to be able to see others in a super positive light. The whole idea of Matanas of Yonim and Mishloach Manos is about building that camaraderie and building the importance and the value of others in our own eyes. And again, a lot of times the reason that we feel uh, bad in the company of others or we don't want to associate with others is because we're not able and we're not willing to see their Milo. We're not willing to see what's wonderful about them. So it's about not ripping down other people, building them up in our eyes. And it's also about making sure that our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is one in which we are th- looking at things. 
We are praising the things that need to be praised. We are looking positively on those things and those people that really are dedicated and dedicating themselves to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and making sure that it's not that we're bringing things down to our level to keep ourselves the same. The person that's never willing to see anything beyond themselves or above themselves is a person who can't grow. That's the problem with being a let's, is a person, a Malik, you know, epitomize that to the point where there's no tikkun for them at all. But if we want to be people who are growers, if we want to be people who are going to, you know, everybody thought that Mordechai was like this super chenyakt nut. They, they thought he was like super from, like just bad down to the idol, everyone else's, what are you doing? Why can't we go to the party? Everything's kosher. No one thought that, he, and, and, and they were ripping him down. They were not willing to say, say to themselves, I don't see it that way, but Mordechai is seeing something that way. Mordechai was on the outs with so many of the Jewish people because they thought that his positions were too radical. They thought his position, but if on the other hand, they had been looking at him and saying that like, listen, we didn't think this way, we don't hope, but, but he represents something that's higher. I'm gonna to try to build myself up to that. Things could have gone in a totally different direction. So the idea that on Purim, we're trying to work on ourselves work on what is it that we praise? What is it that we have simcha with? What is it that gives us joy in life? That's all about what our values are. That's all about what we're praising. That's all about making sure that we are keeping a chashivas and keeping a praise and keeping importance of those things that really are elevated and important. And in doing so, that is how one celebrates this yamtiv and really plugs into the idea of being part of the Mordechai team as opposed to being part of that a Molik and Hamantin.